Welcome to the latest installment of the Run to Daylight podcast. I'm your host, Todd Burrows, and I'm joined once again by one of the Sharks. This time, we are back in the NFC with Jared Smola. You can find him at SmolaDS on the Twitter. And we will be covering a division, Jared, that has a ton of turnover. Yeah, I thought the same thing as I was sort of prepping for this show. I don't think there's a division with less settled at this point of the offseason. I mean, we don't know who the quarterback is going to be for three of these four teams. So you know, th- this might be our shortest podcast in this series because there's just a lot that we don't know. Yeah, uh, I've got three or four coins here. We'll just flip them and we'll call it a call show. Um, let's look at the Tampa Bay Bucks first. And I want to look at their free agents. Chris Godwin, Rob Gronkowski. Lenny, Ronald Jones, Gio Bernard, Ndamukong Sue, Jason Pierre-Paul, Carlton Davis, and Ryan Jensen. So there is some money. Um, when you look at their cap, you see that they have $18 million, But when you look at those names, you're not going to get many of those guys with uh, that much cap space, Jared. Yeah, the Bucks had a nice two-year run there with Tom Brady, and I think that's you know that's kind of going to be the end of that. I think they're going to end up losing a lot of those a lot of those guys. I think Chris Godwin is. You know, I thought there was a good chance he'd be back if Tom Brady returned for another season, and I mean, who knows? Maybe Brady's going to come back. I don't know if you saw it today. He's already kind of yeah, he's already badging. I, I mean, I, <laughs> yeah. I'll give my thoughts on Tom Brady. It's that his wife wants him to retire. I don't think he necessarily really wants to. <laughs> And I think that right after the loss, he was like, yeah. And I I think I might have even tweeted that um, I wouldn't be shocked to see him back after, you know, you you spend a few months with your model wife and you find out that a lot of these marriages aren't meant to be everyday kind of things. So, you know, look, I wish him well. I wish them well. I hope that, you know, if that's what he really wants, that he doesn't. But I also thought my other kind of evil brain thought was he sees what's going on with the Bucks and he's ready to move mm-hmm. on to another situation. And by retiring now, it allows free agency to go by. It allows mm-hmm. the Bucks to get another quarterback and he gets to see what team is going to give him the best chance of winning another Super Bowl. And I wouldn't be shocked to see him back uh, once some of the chips fall. Yeah, that second part seems less likely to me because I still don't know if he's, if he's going to find a better spot than Tampa. Like, you know, Tampa, they could get Godwin back and they can get some of those guys on, on defense back. Um, so I still think that's his best spot if he does return. Um, I don't know, sir. Are you are you drafting Tom Brady now? Are you drafting? Well, I, I made a comment that I, you know, it's going to be re- uh, on Twitter that it's going to be really tempting not to take him in some 20th rounds. But I've done like four or five, $10 on, on underdog and I haven't taken him yet. But I, I think that, you know, if you can get him in the 20th round, that's not a bad thing. Uh, we've got Kevin Wheeler back in the chat, and Kevin says Brady going to Vegas to be back with McDaniel's. I mean, I don't see that necessarily because I mean, look, it was one of those things today. Uh, I've seen at least two or three people uh, 
say uh, maybe even uh, your buddy yesterday said uh, Mostert. It wouldn't shock me if Mostert ends up with Mike McDaniel. You know, I mean, people love to jump to those conclusions, and sometimes it actually happens. But I don't know that there's, you know, to your point, Jared, I don't know that there's enough talent in Las Vegas to to really interest right. Tom Brady. We'll get to the AFC West next week, but real quickly, looking at their cap situation, you know, they've only got 21 million. So because of some mismanagement under the Mayock years and the Gruden years, in that case, I would defer to, to him going back to Tampa over Las Vegas myself. It does look like, you know, Vegas can get out of Derek Carr's contract without any dead cap. You know, that, that would free up like 20 million bucks. So, I mean, if, 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 if the Raiders want to make Brady happen, if Brady wants to, to go there, they could find a way, I'm sure. Um, but I don't know. To me, to me, it's still Tampa or, or retirement for, for Tom. So let's get to the ADP and let's look at Lenny. I have not been really interested in Leonard Fournette as running back 24. He kind of had like the ideal situation, a great offensive line, good quarterback, good passing game. I mean, I don't think that he's necessarily a bad choice there, Mm -hmm. but I'm not going to bend over backwards to take a guy who I have no idea what situation he's going to be in. That's my take. Uh, Your thoughts on Lenny? Yeah, I'm kind of, you know, happy to have had him a bunch this past season. Sort of made my money on Fournette. I, I like you said. I mean, I think RB twenty four is not outrageous. Like, I would not blame anyone for taking him there. It's possible he lands in a spot where he climbs an ADP and he's you know RB eighteen. He's still kind of in his prime, <coughs> former first round pick. Like he's 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 going to get a, a shot to be a lead back somewhere. But I'm with you, Todd. I mean, that was the ideal spot on that Bucks offense, we, you know, Brady has throughout his entire career targeted running backs and an above average rate. So it was just a prime spot for Fournette. His value is definitely going to take a hit elsewhere, but you know, that, that is sort of baked into his ADP. So I got, I don't know. I guess I think RB 24 is, is kind of fair for Fournette at this point in the off season. Kevin says he's been taking him a wide receiver right around yeah. there. I find this whole area to be a little weak. I would prefer Damian Harris. I think uh, my favorite in this range right now is Darnell Mooney. And I don't think you can go wrong with Brandon Cooks either. So if those are the ones you're taking, Wheeler, you have the Todd seal of approval for whatever uh, whatever that's worth. Ronald Jones is the the you know former Bucks running back that I'd be more interested in at this point, factoring ADP. He doesn't have the pass catching ability of Fournette, but I think Ronald Jones is a, a good runner, and he's still young. So we'll see where he lands. But you know, I could see him in a spot where he's getting you know 200 or so carries, and you know he's he's super cheap right now. We talk about anti-bias. I have always had a Ronald Jones bias. You know, coming out of college, I felt that he was one of those fast backs that didn't have much wiggle. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I didn't think he was a pass catcher. So, you know, I've done pretty well fading Ronald Jones every year. Um, But, uh, you know, hope springs eternal, right? Uh, Again, he's cheap. I mean, to me, the guy that you got to look at right now is Keyshawn Vaughn, who's played yep. pretty well when given the opportunity. And he yeah. does have three down ability. And he's even cheaper than Ronald Jones. Is he? Yeah. Um, I, I, I think Keyshawn Vaughn is a total jag. But you know, it, it doesn't matter much at running back if he's no, going to no, be the guy there. But yeah, if he's going to be the guy there, if he's sort of the last man standing, which I'd, I'd find hard to believe. I think they'll, if they lose Jones and Fournette, 
I think they'll bring in competition, whether, you know, it's via uh, oh, drafting yeah. someone else or free agency. Yeah. But uh, um, and, and, and I think Ronald Jones would be cheap to bring back. Sure. Right. Like Lenny's going to be more expensive. I think, you know, you could bring Ronald Jones back and have Keyshawn Vaughn and let them compete. Um, I mean, that's certainly yeah. possible. But I, until they get a quarterback, uh, it's going to be right. really hard to project what this offense is going to be. Yeah, so they a quarterback, they have Kyle Trask, who they drafted in the second, who was the last pick of the second round last year. I've heard, too, that there's a chance Jameis Winston ends up back in Tampa Bay, which, you know, fantasy-wise, I think would be good for the offense. I know Winston has his issues from a real-life perspective. I mean, I, I think he's, a, he's the type of quarterback you want in fantasy, you know, aggressive, willing to take chances, going to throw it downfield. Um, you know, we, we saw that he had some big seasons in Tampa. He supported multiple, you know, high end producers at wide receiver and tight end. So we'll see. I think, I think Jameis Winston to Tampa would be, would be good news for that offense. Yeah. And, and Mike Evans, he's going in the mid fourth round on, in yeah. you know, the FFPC. We just missed him. Billy and I did our first best ball. I mean, Mike Evans had 114 targets with Chris Godwin, with, Fournette with Gronk over a thousand yards every year of his career, 14 touchdowns. You know, Mike Evans, I think, is a pretty good value because whoever is the quarterback, you got to think they're going to throw the ball to Evans. And he doesn't, you know, he doesn't need to be that open to make plays. Yeah. And you said that he, you know, a thousand yards in all eight of his NFL seasons. And, you know, yeah, he did it with Brady the last couple of years, but he did it with Jameis Winston. He did it, you know, with Ryan Fitzpatrick for part of that time. Um, you know, at the start of his career, at the start of Evan's career, it was Josh McCown and Mike Lennon in Tampa Bay. So, um, you know, any, any loss in efficiency for Evans with Brady gone, I think would be made up for the increase in targets. You know, if, if guys like Godwin and Gronkowski are not in the picture this season. People have been trying to make Tyler Johnson and Scott Miller a thing for a couple yep, of years. Me. Any interest yep. in either of those guys? Yeah, Johnson's been my my guy. He, he looked he, terrible. He just had, he, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, mean, I, I agree. He, you know, he, he, he looked a, terrible. Yeah, he, he had a nice prospect profile coming out. You know, He had the big market shares and stuff coming out of Minnesota. Nothing I've seen so far in the NFL makes me think he's going to be the guy. Well, you know, we'll see if if Tampa loses Godwin and doesn't bring anyone else in to compete for that that uh, slot position, I might, you know, take shots on Johnson again, if he's going super late. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of pessimistic about his, his uh, NFL outlook at this point. Yeah. I, I don't think if I don't see Rob Gronkowski coming back, I, I think there's a slight chance that Gronk plays, even if Brady doesn't, but more likely than not, he'll wait to see if Brady comes back last minute and try and tag on wherever he goes. I, he's basically free. I took one share of him so mm-hmm. far, and it was a draft where I had one of the big three or four tight ends, and he was my second tight end to where, you know, basically what I, I was saying at the time is, you know, do I want to take a second tight end who who's not very good, or do I want to take Gronk? And I took Gronk. But um, it, it's really, you know, the guy already retired once, he certainly doesn't have the upside. I mean, he has the upside per game, but mm-hmm. uh, he's just been beat up so bad. Yeah, I'd, I'd be shocked if we see Gronkowski play without Brady 
I do think if Brady, you know, unretires, there's a good chance Gronk comes with him. Elsewhere at tight end, it's Cameron Brait is sort of the last guy standing in Tampa right now. I, I guess they'd bring in competition for him. Um, OJ Howard is the guy I'm interested in taking some shots on late in drafts. He's a free agent. We'll see where he ends up. Uh, but, you know, former first round pick has definitely flashed. He's been frustrating. But, you know, he he has the size, has the athleticism, has the, the you know, prospect profile. He had that – well, what was his – I think it was an Achilles injury he had a couple of years ago yeah. that sort of derailed his career. Um, but he, he's, you know, he's still – But he's been disappointing before then. Yep. Yeah, but he, he's, he's still he's still in his mid-20s. You know, again, former first-round pick. I think that, that's going to get him a chance to, you know, win, win a lead job somewhere. Um, yeah, so I, I see him as a third him, tight end, not a second. Yes. For sure. Um, you know, if you're going three tight ends now that there's 20 rounds, you know, a guy like O.J. Howard, you know, is worth taking some shots on. I don't feel the need to do it right now because there's also a very good chance he ends up in one of these three way committee tight end deals and yeah. on a not very good team. So I don't see the need to take a shot on him yet, but I'm not doing a lot of drafting right now either. That's fair. All right, so let's move on. Second place in the division was the New Orleans Saints. They lost Sean Payton, and they signed Dennis Allen as a head coach. They are the worst team in Cap Hell out of everyone. They always seem to find a way to get out of Cap Hell, but I think, you know, the fact that Sean Payton actually left, I think he's going to take a year off and show up somewhere like somewhere like Dallas. Yeah, I don't think Sean Payton wanted to deal with that cap situation anymore, so he he bolted. Sounds like they're going to retain OC Pete Carmichael, so you know they're going to shoot for continuity in offensive scheme. I think and that's easier easier said than done. Um, I, I do think you know Payton is you know one of the, the better offensive coaches in the NFL, so that that's a hit to the offense. I think the interesting guy is, is Taysom Hill, who I don't know. It it seems like he was like a a Payton guy. Um, and I know his contract is structured in a way where he makes more money if he if he's playing quarterback. So you know that I think that that's going to push New Orleans to you know use him in more of that gadget role. Hill was a guy I was interested in before the Peyton news, but now you know he's he's probably not a guy I'm going to be be taking as a quarterback in these drafts. Alvin Kamara has uh, some problems with a court proceedings. I mean, the man might not play this year based on what we're hearing. I mean, when would you consider taking Alvin Kamara in drafts? Back half of the third round. I, I did hop in a draft, um, one of the FFPC tournament drafts. Um, I, I said I wasn't gonna until I was done with projections, but I couldn't help myself. And man, I was able to get I was able to get Nick Chubb in the early third of that. I, I, I was like, doing yeah. good until Billy Musio was like, "Come on, let's do our first. Yeah. I'm like, "All right, okay, fine." Yeah. So you know, just some of the and the draft I was in and some of the boards I've seen, like I, I'm not taking Kamara till the back half of the third round at this. I think it's very unlikely he doesn't play at all this season. But I think, you know, four to six games, four to six game suspension is is um, definitely possible. Yeah. And it could be worse. Right. So, I mean, you know, yeah, he might be able to put it all. And it happened so far away from the season that I, I don't know. It, it's just a yeah. very tough situation. Yeah. I got a couple shares before because I liked him, you know, in the early second round or right around the turn. I thought yeah. he was a good pick. So that, that, that those teams are going to be fun. But um, 
you know, those were ten dollar teams, so it's not the end of the world. And, yeah, and I mean, and I mean, you know, Kamara, he to me, he has issues even beyond the legal stuff. Like, you know, he set career lows in catches and receiving yards per game last year without Drew Brees. You know, for the first time, I don't think that's a coincidence. Mm-hmm. Um, career low, three point seven yards per carry for Kamara. You know, he's still only like twenty seven or twenty eight, so I don't think he's done yet. But I, I think we've probably seen his peak at this point. So yeah, I guess you know, early second is probably the spot he belonged in before the legal stuff. Um, you know, again, that, that knocks him down a round or two for me uh, yep. until that stuff gets settled. He went three, one in the draft that Billy and I are doing. And, and I that know was everyone's, after... everyone's dying to see what the gunslingers did. We went Justin Jefferson, Dalvin cook, Deandre Hopkins and Aaron Jones. I mean, we talked about Aaron Jones last yeah. time, but fourth round Aaron Jones. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I really like that. Um, <laughs> is there any New Orleans player that you would draft in best ball, Jose asked? Uh, well, the next guy that we're going to talk about is someone I would draft, and that's Michael Thomas. <laughs> um, I don't know. Maybe he gets traded. But the guy's too talented to live in yeah. the fifth, sixth round. You know, I don't feel the need to load up on him, but I certainly don't mind being even weight or slightly overweight on Michael Thomas. Your thoughts, Jared? He made it into the eighth round in the FFPC draft. I did. Um, I'm not sure where his ADP actually is, but he's bounced. Um, he's bounced. Yeah. But fifth round, fifth round feels a bit too early for me. But like when you get into the sixth, seventh, and definitely by the eighth, I think you know he's definitely worth it. There. He's you know, he's only 29 years old. It, it was obviously a bad ankle injury he suffered, and I think he ended up re-injuring it. But I mean, that, that shouldn't be an issue that lingers into this coming season. I wouldn't think. Um, At the 5-6 turn on underdog, uh, wide receiver 27, I think that it's, you know, it could be a little early or it could be a little late, depending on a lot of factors. And and he's a guy, let's look at his dead cap. I I don't think he's cuttable. I don't know. I don't know what the trade situation would be like, but. Yeah. And that's something I want to understand better. You know, dead cap is, I believe, is, you know, well, I do know how it works, basically. He's $22 million in dead cap, so that's not going to happen. But his signing bonus is $4 million. So if you trade him, basically all the signing bonus becomes your dead cap. But not just the signing bonus for one year. So he's got three years left. He's got four million, four million. He's got eight million left in signing bonus, so it it would be at least eight million just if they trade him, right? So when you figure that and what you might get for him, it's not going to be easy. Yeah. Uh, a guy who's missed a year and a half. He had issues with the team, but I think most of those were with Sean Payton, from what I kind of remember. So you know, Payton's departure might make it more likely that Thomas is back. I, I think he'll be back with the saints and kind of the same deals with Mike Evans. Like the quarterback play is a concern, but I mean, Thomas should dominate targets if he's healthy again. Correct. Yeah. Which is why I'm willing to take some shots in the fifth round. Yeah. If that's where he lands. Because, yeah. The, yeah, the, the more know, I think it, about it and the more we talk through this, the fifth, you know, the fifth round seems fair for Thomas right now. Yeah. And it's the end of the fifth. And when you look at some of the other people that are in that range, there's some there's some really guys that I have no interest in, yeah. like Hunter Renfro. Yeah, I mean, I like Devontae Smith and Marquise Brown and Mike Williams, but I mean, if we're talking upside, you know, Th- Thomas beats those guys pretty easily. Yeah, and 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 just ahead of Michael Carter, Traylon Burks, who who is you know seems pretty 
raw to me. Hunter Renfro, uh, again, Darnell Mooney's the guy that in that range I think is going to, you know, I, I see him as that kind of Godwin guy or Ridley from a couple years ago when they were in the fourth, fifth round and uh-huh. everyone was saying, oh, they're, they're too expensive. And you're like, well, no, they could be first, second round guys next year. And they were, right? So, right. you know, I'm big for using situations like that to kind of identify buys. And Mooney, to me, is that guy who, I mean, you know, yeah, it, he might not, right? And he might mm-hmm. own, you know, Justin Fields might not come along. And the new coaching staff might not be that much better. Yeah. But boy, if they are, with Allen Robinson gone and Fields really showing that he likes to throw to Mooney, mm-hmm. uh, Mooney's that guy who I think could be in the second, third round next year. Yeah, I, th- I think the risk-reward equation on him is right at ADP. Like I think he's, he's worth taking shots in there. And I don't know, maybe I'm, I'm, I guess I'm not quite as high on him as you are. Like, I don't think he's as talented as Chris Godwin or Kevin Ridley. I don't, but you're right. But you're right. The the situation is similar where like, again, if Allen Robinson leaves and we talked about this on our last show, but you know, the targets are going to be there for Mooney. And I, I expect field to take a a big leap forward this coming season. You know, that the ingredients are sort of there for, for Mooney, for Mooney to have a big season, even if it's not quite as big as like Godwin and Ridley uh, when they broke out. It's funny because Billy and I are on the clock and he's asking who I like. (laughs) And I, I like the three guys in the queue are Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks and Darnell Mooney at five, nine. Yeah. I mean, do you gamble that Mooney makes it back to you in the, in the sixth round? Um, He could, he clearly could. All right. So we talked about Thomas. I've been very, very interested in Marquez Calloway. I know he did. He kind of disappointed, but it was kind of a shit show all year. And, you know, the dude is wide receiver 84. And he certainly has upside, um, you know, again, at that rate, all you really need is three to four weeks where he catches a touchdown and he's paid off. And I think he has upside from there. Yeah. I mean, at wide receiver 84, it's, you know, easy to pull a profit on someone going to that price. I don't know. I think Calway's ADP got out of hand when he, you know, had that, big game the big preseason killed us it was against the jags yeah he got you know he got up into the seventh or eighth round which even that you know that i I get it with because thomas we knew he was going to miss time at that point but if i guess you know with callaway and again i'm fine with him at wide receiver 84 but you know if he's going to be the third option in the offense behind Kamara and michael thomas and it's you know going to be a below average offense probably with shaky quarterback play i'm not super excited about the upside um but i i do think he's like pretty locked in as a starter there and you know, you're getting a starting wide receiver at wide receiver 84. There's there's nothing wrong with that. Gotcha. I'm just going to deal with this pick with Billy. So he's, he's not keep texting me about this. But I'm going to mute for a second and let you just talk for a minute. Hey. Um, um, Todd, you're not muted. By I mean, to me, to me, the best value is Mooney now. But, yeah, he should we'll make it back. Uh, he should definitely make it back. Six, seven turn. I think he'll make it back. Okay. So, uh, uh, I mean, I could go that. I mean, we don't, you know, the only quarterback that I really like here is Kyler. I know there's a little bit of uncertainty, but we've yeah. got Hopkins. We can wait till 6 4 for, for Hopkins. I mean, for Kyler, he should make it. Um, yeah, because we do have a stack there with Hopkins. We, that's how I was trying. 
I like Burrow more than Hopkins, but Kyler makes more sense for this team. Either that, or we could say, you know what, let's go next, come back on like that on on um, the seventh round and grab a QB and take double double quarter or wide receiver here. We could go somebody like Ayuk and Mooney, or we could go Cooks and Mooney. Or see, I don't think any of them are a great value, right? Like no, there's yeah, there's, there's kind of a dead zone right here. Yeah. So um, I, why don't we just take Kyler and come back with Mooney? Okay, I, I think that's safe and it gives us a stack. Yep. All right. Okay, bye. bye. I guess I wasn't muted, was I? No, no. So we we were just listening in on your uh, listening in on the war room talk there between you and Billy. I I like the Kyler pick, by the way. I didn't oh. realize he was still there. Yeah, and then hope and then Mooney should make it back. I I you know we've should. got you know yeah. just to quickly look. I guess you guys got to see, but we you know we've got uh, Kyler. Now we've got Dalvin Jones, Jefferson Hopkins. I mean, there's a chance Kyler bugs, but, you know, I, I talked about this last night and the thing that, you know, one of the big things I learned from DFS that I transferred over to baseball is the way you build your lineups is, is if, you know, I'm building this team as if Kyler's going to play and oh, going to yeah. be with the Cardinals, right? If I end up with 10% Kyler, my leverage on those lineups is the 90% of teams where I don't take Kyler right and yep. all the more I'm not going to take a lot while there's this kind of is he going to go to baseball or is he just throwing a little bit of a hissy fit so no, totally. you know, I mean but, especially especially in these tournaments you have to you know draft as if you're correct early like you already made your bet on the Cardinals offense with DeAndre Hopkins in the third round so you, know, you need Kyler Murray to be there so if you, he's, fourth round he's, he's the pick. oh no it was third round third right you got Aaron Jones in the fourth yeah 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 all right, so let's go back and we'll move over to the Carolina Panthers, who, again, another team that we just don't know, you know, who's going to be there at the quarterback position. So, yeah, and and, and like we said, I'm, I'm not a contract expert, but just looking at Darnold's contract, I would be tough for them to move on from him. I think it would have to be via trade. His 2022 contract is fully guaranteed. So unless they can find a trade partner, I think Darnold's going to be back. Now, I do think they're going to bring in competition of some sort. I don't think, you know, Darnold is locked in as the week one starter, but I do think he's going to be there. I mean, if that's the case, it would make sense for them to try and get a rookie, right? Yep. Because the rookie doesn't have a lot of money. So they've only got $19 million free. Now let's go in a little more. I want your thoughts on Ben McAdoo because he, he's the new OC here in Carolina. I know you're a Giants fan. He was there for, what, four years, was it? Yeah, so Twitter, as Twitter does, loves to mock people who make, you know, themselves mockable. But the Giants have been way worse since he left, right? And he got the most out of Beckham. He got the most out of Eli that he could. My big complaint with him is he was too predictable, he ran a lot like the highest percentage of, of 11 in the league, yep. you know, three wides. And I'm just going to jump into something that Wheeler said here. No team has to be under the cap till 2024. Why is that? If you could just type out quickly, why is that? Um, is it because of COVID? I can't imagine the teams don't have to be. In, everything I've heard is that teams are going to have to get under the cap. Yeah. I don't, I don't have the bandwidth to, to become a salary cap expert. Yeah. 
But basically, um, my take on McAdoo is he's better than Twitter thinks he is, yeah. but he's not fabulous either. But I think he's good for a guy like DJ Moore. I think he will get DJ Moore the ball, and he'll get him the ball where he can do something with it. You know, in looking at their team. The one thing I noticed about McAdoo's Giants offense is you know, I spent a little time this morning digging into them. Um, they were all super fast paced. Yeah. They all ranked they all ranked top seven in total pace, and three of the four were top four in situation neutral pace. You know, that's big for fantasy. You want fast paced offenses that, that run a bunch of plays. So that could be good news for this Carolina offense. And you know, let's face it, everyone wants to crap on Matt Rule and he probably deserves it, but a, a lot of sins can be covered by a healthy Christian McCaffrey. Oh, yeah. And I'm kind of sad because the first draft or two I saw, I saw McCaffrey at like 1-7 to 1-9. And now, you know, already yeah. he is back to 1-2. And I, and I think that's where he deserves to be, frankly. Yeah, I, I'm even tempted to take him at 1-1. I'm probably going to stop myself more often than not. I just think Jonathan Taylor's floor is so much higher. I still think McCaffrey has the highest ceiling of fantasy football. And for me, he's an easy pick at one, two, if JT goes one, one. Yeah, <clears throat> I agree. Let's look at their free agents. It's not, it's not much. No. Ian Thomas is a free agent. So that, you know, that for now, well, leaves... that's, that, that, that's a blow. <laughs> All um, right. Big, Ian, big. Ian, Ian never um, made it to, uh, to, to the level that we all had kind of hoped and drafted him yeah. to a couple of years ago. Um, yeah, I mean, other than that, everyone's back. So let's look at Sam Darnold's stats. I mean, you know, it was bad. 59.9% um, completion percentage, nine touchdowns, 13 interceptions. He hit a lot of it early because he had a bunch of rushing touchdowns. You know, I, I mean... I always felt that Darnold was talented but inconsistent, but maybe the Jets broke him because we haven't seen the talented upside arm strength guy that we thought we might be getting out of USC. At this point, that was his fourth season. I think he just is what he is at this point. I mean, if you look at his career com completion rates by season, 58% as a rookie, then he jumped to 62%, and then back down to 59.6, 59.9. Last year, his yards per attempt have gone 6.9, 6.9, 6.1, 6.2. His inter interception rates have been you know higher than league average in all four seasons. So, I mean, I again, four years into his career, I just I don't see a reason to expect anything different going forward. I like DJ Moore at ADP. Um, um, I I have very little interest in Robbie Anderson right now. The price is right, but I was going to say how how cheap is he? Because he's really cheap. I mean. The level of inefficiency from him last year, like he he he's gonna regress positively. If you look at Robbie Anderson's yards per target, here are his yards per target by year: seven point five, eight point three, eight point zero, eight point one, eight point one, four point seven last year. I mean, like almost it, cut, almost cut in half. His ADP is fifteen, sixteenth round. Yeah. Um, two guys I've been drafting in this range are Curtis Samuel and Cedric Wilson. And I also like Pickens as a rookie. All the, three of those guys I've been taking instead of Robbie Anderson. Samuel, I probably take over Robbie. I take Robbie over Cedric Wilson just with the 
unknown with you know where Wilson's going to be playing. Yeah, Anderson, he's kind of like Marcus Callaway, I guess. Where like you, you know, he's locked in as a starter there. Again, you look at his contract; well, they're paying him quite a bit. I don't know that he will be. Right? Really? Yeah. Pull up his contract though. They're they're going to be paying him a lot. They gave him a. It doesn't matter. I I think they're going to look to add to that position. Okay. I mean, they you know they tried last year with Terrace Marshall, and he was a total bust last year. Yeah. Uh, and 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 whoever they might bring in might be and you know uh, Marshall's a guy I I had high hopes for and he played really bad. I have almost no interest in Chuba Hubbard, even as a backup or you know the the fact that he couldn't hold off a mere duel last uh, right. season. That's the one thing I am not interested in in pure backups with no floor. Like he literally has with Christian McCaffrey, there's zero floor. I'm only interested in players like that if they have a clear path, if there's an injury, you know, and he was barely usable even if there was an injury. So he's not on my radar this year. No, me either, at least at, at this point. I mean, Hubbard's a, he's a strict handcuff but we don't even know for sure that he's christian mccaffrey's handcuff at this point in the offseason if he makes it if he makes it through for agency in the draft and they don't add anything significant then maybe you can start drafting him as cmc's handcuff but um yeah i'm not interested right now yeah and and i don't typically draft handcuffs yeah i will draft either stack cuffs <laughs> which the example without boring everyone with my explanation again the only stack cuff i really loved last year was edmonds and connor because they both had floors late, and then if one of them hits, blah, blah, blah. And then pure backups I want only if they really are going to take over. You know, they have a very good chance of taking over. Hubbard had a chance to take over, kind of wasn't effective enough. So I'm much more interested in the guy we talked about last time, uh, Khalil Herbert. Agreed. For sure. All right. Um, anyone else on this team we need to cover? Nope. All right. So that leaves the Falcons. Uh, what's your initial thought on them? So no coaching changes here. Art Smith back for a second season. Oh, the one note I had on Atlanta. They finished 31st in offensive plays last season. I like targeting guys on teams that just ran a low number of plays the previous season. That stuff almost always reverts back to the mean. So like you could get... You know, Atlanta running 50 to 70 more plays this season, which really adds up when you're talking about fantasy points. Now, I'm not I'm not to say I'm super interested in this offense as a whole, but I do think, you know, just looking at that that type of stuff, you know, the, the Falcons should just have more play volume this season. Everyone assumes that Calvin Ridley's going to be traded. Let's take a quick look. So uh, only 11 million, and yeah. I guess yeah. that's his fifth-year option. So he's very tradable. There's no signing bonus uh, to prorate. That's all been taken care of. Um, It's a a strange situation. Like all, all we've heard is the mental health stuff. Like I, we don't have any details on like anything that you know went wrong between him and the team or him and the coaching staff. Yeah, but just the fact that he's talking like he wants to move on. Uh, You know, Calvin Ridley right now, his ADP here is wide receiver 17th in the beginning of the fourth round. I mean. I'm happy to take him there some, yeah. but Mike Evans and, and DJ Moore and even Amari Cooper and Tyler Lockett are also, you know, really reasonable choices right there. Go you ahead. think you're getting a discount, but I, yeah. I don't, you know, my first thought was, oh, Ridley, fourth round, you know, second round last year. But yeah, a lot of uncertainty. 
uh, built into that fourth round ADP. And is there some chance he, you know, doesn't come back to the game? I, mean, I don't know what's exactly going exactly. on. Exactly. I don't know if that's a risk. Um, now that said, I I took him at five oh two in the FFPC draft. I did. I I couldn't pass on him in the fifth round. I mean, I still think he's a talented guy. He's in his prime, and if he plays football this coming season, regardless of where it is, you know, he's he's gonna see big volume. Matt Ryan, sixty seven percent completion, twenty. <laughs> touchdowns, 12 interceptions. You look at that and you say, not too bad. But we've seen this before with Ben Roethlisberger recently, yeah. with Eli Manning, with <laughs> Philip Rivers. The man's arm seems to be going, which greatly reduces his upside. I mean, he's cheap as all get out, but I would say there's a less than 0% chance that they draft a, a quarterback. Yeah, the, you know, the, the floor is not there anymore because i think like you said you know there's a chance he sort of hits the wall at any point and you know, there there's just no upside because he, he doesn't add anything with his legs so ryan's a guy and if i'm desperate for a quarterback three you know just someone who's going to be out there maybe i'll consider but otherwise i'm not interested in him do you believe in unicorns i think we have one in atlanta right <laughs> supposedly 110 <laughs> targets 68 receptions 15.1 yards per reception and only one touchdown. Yeah. The only real negatives are the fact that, you know, without Calvin Ridley there, he proved that he's really has trouble getting open on the outside. And the other mm-hmm. thing is that Matt Ryan's still going to be his quarterback. Yeah, it's, it's funny. You mentioned the point about playing on the outside. Like we usually want our tight ends to, you know, be more like jumbo wide receivers and, you know, play outside, play in the slot. But I think Pitts did it so much last season. And, you know, the fact that Ridley wasn't there, he was just consistently facing teams, number one cornerbacks. And that kind of hurt him a bit. Now it obviously didn't hurt him that much. Cause he's, you know, still put up, uh, you know, a thousand receiving yards or whatever he ended up with. And you know, the touchdowns will obviously, obviously come. He's you know, probably the biggest positive touchdown regression candidate in the NFL heading into this coming season. But he yeah, Pitts also isn't discounted. People know that he's going to score more touchdowns. And, you know, he's he's what? He's like the third or fourth tight end off the board in drafts right now. Russell Gage is a guy who played really well. And then you've got the fact that he is a free agent. So, I mean, he's a guy who could end up in a lot of different places. Yeah, I mean, if Atlanta loses Calvin Ridley, they might have to bring Russell Gage back because um, well, there's like, well, I mean, no, there's not like gonna, nothing left there. You're not going to uh, franchise him. No, but I mean, you can make an a, aggressive offer, and, and I don't know. I'm just, if well, they when lose you're Ridley, eight like, million have... under the cap, that's yeah. I, I I'm just saying that you know, yeah. I think they might want him to come back, and I think they might want Cordell Patterson to come back. But are they going to want to come back when you have? a team with the arrow pointing down right now. I don't think Arthur Smith looks like the answer. He's the second coordinator in a row in Tennessee. I I don't know. I I just, uh, I don't know. I mean, yeah, at least, at least Smith, you know, the first guy to figure out, you know, how to use Cordella Patterson and get the most out of him. Like that was, you know, good to see. I, I think, the best case scenario for Patterson is coming back to Atlanta because at least we know that, you know, they kind of know how to use him. And I know his production and usage kind of tailed off down the stretch, but um, I, yeah, I still stopped think, throwing the ball to him, which made no yeah, sense. Which is weird. Yeah. That was a team that just packed it in for the final three or four games of the season. 
Which is like the bad sign that I talked about. You really yeah. don't like seeing that with the first year yeah. coach. I mean, say I what you, you know, like Joe Judge last year had his guys playing hard till the end of the year. This year, it fell off the table. And you find that with these hard-ass guys or these fake hard-ass <laughs> guys. When things don't go well, people jump off, are much quicker to jump off the bus. Yeah. Um, but I, my point is that I think Gage, either way, is a good value right now in drafts. I mean, wide receiver, 63, 12th round. So, you know, 12th round, Russell Gage, either he comes back to Atlanta and he probably pays that off or he goes somewhere better and probably pays that off would be my guess. Yeah, I think he's fine. I mean, just looking at those names, like he's I, not exciting. I, no, he's but... not. He's, that, that, that's kind of my point. I don't think he's an exciting player. You know, he's a he's a slot guy. He's going to be a low dot guy, um, you know, probably not a big touchdown scorer, but, you know, in the right spot, he could get to 100 targets and, you know, catch 60, 70 balls. And then, then he's a nice pick in the 12th round yeah he's you know i always say that in best ball people underestimate floor yeah and he's the type of guy where you know if you've earlier picked a couple more risky guys mm-hmm. that are more spiky that's when i'll look to bring in a guy like gage but if i'm i'm kind of uh you know got already got a bunch of floor guys then i won't be sure. interested in gage i'll be looking to yep. try and get some guys who are going to give me some spike weeks there so but my point is he's a, he's not a sexy guy but he can be a useful guy yeah that's fair and i think he might have even had a few spike weeks last year he, yeah he did he um second half of the season he um he had some nice games yeah so it's not like he can't give you spike weeks and if he's back and Ridley isn't, I think he that he then becomes a lot more interesting. You know, there's no one else on this team I'm interested in. No, I think that'll do it. All right, that's going to do it for this episode. We will see you um, either later this week or early next week with the last two parts in our series. Jared, thank you for uh, joining me. Love doing it, Todd. Thanks. All right, guys. Have a good day. I'll be there when you get Beauty of living my life Hold on, baby, I'm taking you back to school